Hello and welcome to the first ever PAC Mindset podcast brought to you by Balls for Brains. So my name is Amy and I'm joined with Anya today. We are both Balls for Brains ambassadors um, and rugby players ourselves as well. Um, so we're going to be bringing you um, some amazing guests along this journey with us. We're going to have some real raw, honest, open discussions as we go. Um, and this week is the first of our mini series, A Woman's World. Um, so we're going to be speaking to women um, in the first and sporting world just on their challenges and experiences that they're facing. Um, so to kick us off, we have a very special guest with us today uh, from the US and she is an international rugby player and Olympian. So welcome Naya Taffa, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? Hello everybody. Hello. Hi, so quickly Naya, just to start. Um, firstly, thank you for joining us again. Um, before we get into all the other stuff we're going to talk about today. Um, I think firstly, we just wanted to cover the um, the kit and the equipment drive that you are partnering with BFB on. Um, and just like wanted to hear some of your views on what impact that is going to have on women and girls trying to get access into rugby or just any sports really, even if it is their first time doing that. Yeah. Um, so I remember my first time going to a rugby practice and I ran track and field before, so I didn't yeah. know what to wear. So I came to practice in compression shorts and like a tank top. And everybody was looking at me like I was crazy because they had on rugby shorts, they had on the rugby jersey, the cleats, and I just felt like I was in a whole different world and didn't belong. So I think being able to help Balls for Brains um, with providing kits so that girls don't have to worry about that and even on the financial side, if they can't afford rugby cleats or they can't afford the kit to be able to play, knowing that they don't have to worry about that because I was able to send over product. For me, it's important to help in whatever way I can in the rugby community because it's helped me so much in a lot of ways. So being able to give back to the sport through Balls for Brains um, is a huge and amazing opportunity for me and hopefully it'll help a lot of young girls and women who need that support. Amazing, yeah, awesome. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's really exciting, really exciting. And how did you like first come across the sport? What made you go into rugby? Cause you said yeah. you track and field before. So yeah, when did you first pick up a rugby ball and why? Uh, so I learned about rugby in high school. I went to a predominantly black school, so I would say like rugby isn't huge in the black community. It's a lot more mm -hmm. prominent now because you're getting a lot of more, a lot more African-Americans in the sport who are doing big things to get the exposure to their communities. Um, but we had a white male teacher, he was my math teacher, bring the sport to our high school and had all these black kids playing rugby. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I was running track and was asked, hey, like you should come out for rugby. And growing up, I was always like very aggressive, full of energy and loved playing football um, mm -hmm. with the boys and watched my brother play football growing up. And I wanted to do the same. And I always told myself, oh, like I'm gonna be the first girl in the NFL. And as I got older, I realized, you know, that's probably not gonna happen. So when I learned about rugby, I'm like, oh, you know, like that can be the plan B. That could be something that can supplement that dream that I had at that younger age. And because I was running track full time and because rugby has this stereotype of injuries, 
um, I was convinced not to do rugby. So, you know, yeah. I continued doing track and field and then got into college where I decided I didn't want to do track and field anymore. It got kind of boring just running in a straight line. Yeah. I just kind of wanted <laughs> to focus on, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to focus on my yeah. academics and enjoy the social life, which I feel like I lacked in high school because I was so dedicated to my sport. Mm -hmm. um, so then being in college and just having a good time, I started yearning for that competition energy. Um, I was still working out, but it wasn't the same. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up having a rugby club at UNC for both men and women. And I thought, you know, that could be something fun. Like it's not super time. Um, committing, I can still do the academics and the social on top of the rugby. And so that's kind of how I joined and it turned into something that I never expected. I was gonna say, yeah, you've come completely from, from something you just picked up randomly, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, like yeah. um, you kind of just said that it's like people say to you, oh, should you play rugby? Like because of the injuries and the risk element mm -hmm. and like that, whereas I almost feel like um, in my experience, so I can't speak for everyone, but with like younger boys, their dads are like, come on, let's go get rough, play rugby. Yeah. yeah. So do you find like, for, as a woman, that was hard to try and, it was almost like you were trying to fit around a man's sport, but it actually mm -hmm. was part of what you desired to do. Yeah. Um, my mom was very supportive of everything that I wanted to do even when I was younger she never judged me for coming in covered in mud or <laughs> like getting in trouble for stiff, stiff arming a boy during <laughs> a football game that we put together in the backyard so I love that that's great <laughs> yeah having her like really helped me have the confidence and kind of shadowed out any negative energy about me being so aggressive and um I just always was like that where in track and field, even though I couldn't be aggressive contact wise, I was aggressive in my energy and how confident I was and how I ran. So being able to carry that into a sport that allowed me mm -hmm. to be in that space and allowed me to be aggressive as a woman, allowed me to be strong and powerful and not be judged for it, but be praised for it. Um, that was very eye opening and um, a breath of fresh air. And just quickly going on from what Amy talked about um, with injuries, have you ever experienced any kind of, well, injuries are like a broad spectrum, but any kind of serious injuries that have put you, put you out of it for a while and how have you dealt with that mentally and, and overcome that and not let it get the best of you in those situations? In my 10 years of playing rugby so far, I haven't had any injuries that kept me out for a very long time. Like um, thank God. Not yeah, not wood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had one injury right before the Olympics that kept me out for about two months, but luckily mm -hmm. we have great a great support system on the medical side to where I was able to get to where I needed to go to be able to go to the Olympics. And then mm. currently I'm dealing with like a mild calf injury, but again, nothing that's gonna keep me out for more than a month. So I've been really lucky in that area. But um, one of the things that I did take away from having those small injuries was the self-motivation that you had to have to be able to get back to where you needed to go. 
because in a lot of those situations I had to train by myself mm. I had to make myself go and do the rehab and um, yeah do the walk bike and the assault bike when nobody was sitting there yelling at me to do so or when I didn't have yeah. my teammates there to push me so mm. coming off of those like I had a lot more grit on the field mm -hmm. internally to where I didn't need people there yelling at me it was something that I was able to push myself to do on my own so I'm not sure if other people relate to that but that was the main thing that I took away yeah. from um, the injury area I do think it's quite like sometimes it is quite isolating when you like you say you have to put in that work and that determination by yourself when, when there was no one else driving you apart from you in that you in that moment and I kind of completely see how that is quite a difficult battle to go through by by yourself and I think like my internal thoughts are always so negative and I yeah. have to be like a lot kinder to myself and I think a lot of people sort of would never speak to anyone else how they speak to themselves internally and I think for mm -hmm. me actually having to switch that and change that mindset is going to help your performance and you know help yeah. help the outcome of that but if you're so if you're going to go, you've got it's like your match day or, you know, the Olympics and things like that. What are your yeah. thoughts like during the game or like before the game? In terms of injury? So just in terms of like your inner thoughts of like how you're feeling oh, okay. before you're going to go and play or like during the game, what sort of things are you telling yourself? What's going on that conversation in your mind? Mm. Um, before the game, I'm just telling myself, you know, you're gonna have to go out there and earn the results you want. It's not gonna be given to you. So you just have to have, you have, to have the mentality that, um, you know, you're gonna go out there and work hard because you can't just get the W, you have to earn it. So that's one mentality that I go in with. And then also like everything happens for a reason. So mm -hmm. if you come out of that game with an injury, Unfortunately, you have to accept it because that was what, what was supposed to happen. If you come out with a loss, you can't be mad at the other team. Like everybody wants to win. So you have to go out there with a, I want to win mentality yeah. um, and then follow your actions with that. I'm very blunt when it comes to that stuff of if I go out there and play shitty, that's my fault and nobody else's. And if I go out there and play fantastic, it's the same situation. So mm -hmm. accepting it for what it is and not, you know, as you said, sugarcoating anything or taking it personal because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, we have control of ourselves. And mm -hmm. if, I, if I can go out there and play the best game, you know, that I've played, even if we lose, like I have to internally like be like you know like you lost it's a team sport but here's all the good things you did here's mm -hmm. the bad things you did and for me I always say if the good outweighs the bad you know just keep it pushing if the bad outweighs the good let's go back to the draw, bo draw board and see what needs to change I think just going just going back to the Olympics firstly congratulations because I watched all the USA games um, <laughs> thank you and I think you guys were amazing um but secondly obviously COVID had a huge impact on on the Olympics um that year and, and with not having crowds like you you would probably usually have how did that did that change things and was there a different was there like a different atmosphere in camp like how did it have any impact on you guys as a team um, I think the COVID was just an additional mind block to injuries. Yeah. Like when you go into mm -hmm. big tournaments, a lot of the times for me, it's like, okay, I have to 
get through this first practice week before the weekend comes and not get injured. Because if I get injured, you can't play. And it's kind of, it was kind of the same thing with COVID. Of I have to get through these, first, these yeah. two weeks of training and not catch COVID. So mm-hmm. having the, the injury and adding the COVID um, thoughts to it, it was definitely a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I can only speak for myself, but I'm sure the girls felt it as, felt it as well. Is like going into those testing sessions of, I hope they don't call me after the test because that means I got COVID <laughs> yeah. and nobody wants to get that call. But um, mm-hmm. having having the Olympic experience and yeah. during a pandemic was, I don't know what to compare it to because it was yeah. my first Olympic. So for me, it was like, oh, you know, this is great. And yeah. I'm officially an Olympian and I've been able to be around all these amazing athletes from all around the world and get all this kit and, you know, play in the Olympics. And during it, it was very like, you just didn't really have any time to fill the fields because mm-hmm. you're either busing to training or busing to a weight session or to dinner. Mm-hmm. And then by, by the time you get back to the room, it's time to go to sleep because you have early morning the next day. Um, not having the spectators for me personally as a big communicator on the field was nice because then your teammates yeah, couldn't okay. give you the excuse that, that they didn't yeah. hear you yeah. <laughs> because they everybody can hear, can hear yeah. everything yeah <laughs> but um, when I left I, I thought like oh not having the spectators was nice because it takes away the pressure mm-hmm. in terms of like when you make a mistake but after having a tournament in Dubai after the Olympics and having the spectators there I realized yeah it sucks when they're there when you make a mistake but mm-hmm. when they're not there when you do something good it's like where's the Amazing. applause you know where's yeah. the praise yeah. and like having having that feeling and realizing oh I really do feed off of the spectators um, mm-hmm. allowed me to see that you know it did have an effect on it did possibly have an effect on my individual game or our game mm-hmm. as a team of you know Mm-hmm. feeling the negative thoughts when you made a mistake but not feeling that praise when you did something good because you didn't have the spectators there to give you that yeah awesome. I think that's like where you might have relied on your team a lot as well in that situation mm-hmm. and you know you'd look like a really close-knit team as well yeah. and like you get good vibes from all of you um yeah, yeah like is that rugby community something like in America I feel like it isn't as strong of a sport rugby um it is maybe more NFL and things like that so do you feel there is that rugby community and like what does that give you as well I do feel like we have built a very large and strong rugby community is Mm -hmm. there a lot of room for improvement absolutely I think that will always be the case Mm -hmm. um we we could get a lot more supporters on the women's side, which mm-hmm. I think would change the game a lot because we're still trying to get acceptance for being women in a contact sport, mm-hmm. um, specifically in the US, because none of us grew up playing a contact sport like a lot of international players. So I feel like you guys get that acceptance a lot earlier, which on top of that allows you to have more experience. And with more experience, you know, you usually have a higher level of play, which allows you to be more successful. And I think for us, because a lot of us started in college when you're 18 years old and, you know, kind of already grown up into the woman that you're going to be physically, um, we have a lot of catching up to do. 
mm-hmm. um, in terms of our experience level in the sport. So it can make it tough, you know, when you're losing to like be that tight knit team yeah. that you are working towards on a daily basis. But we really focus on the culture aspect and have been putting in the work to get to where we need to be. And we have our downfalls as all teams do. But mm-hmm. I think one of the most important things is just the respect that we have for each other, where it's 25 girls training together all day, every day. Like, it's not always going to be butterflies <laughs> and flowers. Like, it gets <laughs> annoying sometimes. It's stressful. So you have to, as long as you have respect for each other, you don't have to love each other. You don't yeah. have to like each other. But if you have respect for each other, um, then we can do some amazing things on the field. And you know rugby is a very fast-paced game and we talk about like you know oh like well you can get the praise from your teammates but in rugby like once you score you you don't really have much time to slap hands and hug (laughs) like you got to get back into position to get ready for kickoff so um I think we could maybe find ways to connect on the go which is something that we're currently working on now being able to connect when you're on the go to the next um skills workout and training or when you're in the morning on the way to the gym just finding ways to connect that doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be so dramatic yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but we definitely think um the rugby community is very important um we want to be able to influence as many people as possible in a positive way to not only support us but to even try the Mm -hmm. sport and see if it's something that they'd be interested in Mm -hmm. that's what's about, isn't it you know yeah do do you feel like do you feel as a woman in the rugby industry you're respected do you feel like what can what can people do more for women mm-hmm. um in the industry that that maybe is lacking yeah. i know like it is definitely growing and i feel like there's been a shift recently as well but what do you think people can do to support women more um i definitely think i am respected in the sport mm-hmm. from our viewers but that also comes with in the humblest way possible being a really good player everybody likes a winner you know everybody likes (laughs) one of the greats so it's like is it respect for me or respect for my success you know yeah Yeah. so um I think in terms of support just showing up to our games you know um sharing our content on social media Mm -hmm. following us following our journey on social media engaging with us on social media and engaging with our Um, streaming platforms that we have our games on I think that type of support goes a very long way Um, also financial support Um, if we can get more people to come to our games that brings in more money and if we're being realistic like we need supporters to be able to get sponsors and get people to want to invest in us as women in rugby and to be able to get the free media coverage so people don't have to pay for a sport that they've never heard of. How do you promote a sport yeah. that you're requiring people to pay for that they've never heard of? Like we, to, I think one of the most important things for us is being able to get free media coverage in the U.S. Like just being able to turn on the TV and rugby's on, r- women playing rugby is on cable. Like that's mm-hmm. something that I mentally strive for and think would, would be a big yeah. step for us and 
would lead to a lot of success and more support, which will allow us to get paid more, which will allow us to live more comfortably and not have to have side jobs and invest yeah. 100% of our time into the sport so that we don't have to feel like we're catching up um, in comparison to the other teams around the world. Yeah, that's very, uh, that's very interesting because I think me and Amy have had a couple of talks just how people can be better ally allies of the sport. And in terms of just, in terms of just, it's about showing, it, it can be as small as just showing one friend women's rugby and it can be as small yeah. as just posting something positive about it on your um, Instagram. It doesn't have to be these huge, huge leaps and bounds, but just little steps at a time. And the more, you know, we can push that, the more we can... Um, push women's game and, and and it can be anywhere from grassroots so your local club all the way up to international level you know just mm -hmm. getting dads along to watch their daughters and getting you know brothers yeah. and all of that does and that is you know just a small step but um this is going to completely divert from what we we're just talking about but my brain just got <laughs> another question sorry um you, you talked about support and things um things like that but obviously you're a high performance athlete and and like you say you've had some great successes and with that must come some great pressures at the same time too um and how do you do you have a good mental health kind of support community around you how do you take care of your own mental health is there any kind of like active steps maybe like before a game that you just kind of do to just like chill yourself out and and take a second um yeah for a long time, I mentally just tried to do it by myself. I I was very, I was always very strong and independent. So um, for me, it was just trying to work through it on my own or talk to my mom or talk to my friends. But you realize after, or even talk to your teammates, but you realize after a while, that's a lot of baggage to put on other people. And even a lot of baggage just to put all on yourself. So. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a sports, we have a sports psychologist and for our previous coach, he kind of was like, you have to go to the sports psychologist and you don't really have a choice. And I was mm -hmm. just like, okay, I guess I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that was the thing. He was like, you at least have to try it. Like, don't knock it until you try it. So for me, I eventually engaged with our sports psychologist and three years later like I talked to him once a week and he's yeah. somebody that I look forward to speaking to mm -hmm. because his job is to help you with your baggage his job mm -hmm. is to allow you to vent and work through issues that you're dealing with internally mm -hmm. and he's been in the game for a very long time across many sports and has engaged with many Olympians and different levels of athletes so um he has the experience and has gained my trust in that area. And he's also um, very honest, which is something that's important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me to be able to share my thoughts and feelings with him and get feedback that isn't sugar-coated and um, is blunt and straight to the point yeah. um, has been yeah. very ben beneficial for me and has allowed me to trust him because I know he won't tell me something just to say it or tell me things that I want to hear he'll tell me what it really is and um he's just been amazing for me mm -hmm. um he you know carried me through the Olympics and um gave me confidence in terms of fighting for my worth and mm -hmm. having confidence in my voice and you know being okay or being confident about the level of expertise in the game that I have um, gained and 
you know, I'm not feeling nervous to say, well, I think this is how it should be, or it should be like this, not feeling like, oh, I can't speak up on that because I haven't been playing long enough, or I can't speak up on that because I'm only a wing. Like having confidence in all the knowledge that I've gained over the years. So um, if you don't have a sports therapist, I recommend you do that. And not even just in sports, but just a therapist in life. I think it's really important to be able to have somebody to talk to um, that can help you through your issues or even just give you another perspective that you know is not biased. Yeah, I love that it's becoming more of a, a mainstream thing now to have sports psychology. Like it's so important to take care of our mm-hmm. physical health, but you know, mental health is such a huge part of performance. Just as much as physical health, you can be in the best, you know, physical fitness, yep. peak fitness of your life. But if you're not, if you're not there, you're not there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I know that that's becoming more of a thing in, in England in, in the women's like Allianz Premier 15s, like I know. Harlequins women have a great sports psychologist and um, yeah I think it's just really important that that message is pushed across more having someone to talk to is is, you know it's it's vital to performance isn't it really and it's like someone someone you trust as well I think like you said you kind of were like oh you know didn't really want to go at first and then you kind of gained that trust and things like that and I think that then made you feel like okay I can talk and open up Mm -hmm. I think some people are open and can easily like just sort of say, "Oh, I feel like this today. I feel like this," but yeah. a lot of a lot of other people might just need to gain that trust with someone before they feel they can really tell them. And like you like you said as well, you don't want to just tell someone something and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're right. You're right." You're like, yeah. "No, tell me. Yeah. If I'm wrong. Tell me." And I want to know yeah. how I can improve and change this. And I think that you know it comes with real active listening and understanding and not trying mm. to just respond with what they think they need to hear like you said that's so important and that I think is something that people have to learn (laughs) because we're too polite and I think we need to be a little bit more like actually I probably (laughs) you know like that's probably not the best idea have you thought about this you know um, in a constructive way anyway (laughs) Mm. but yeah and you've you've literally you've traveled quite a lot now to play rugby where's your like favorite place been that you've traveled to (laughs) Uh, I get this question so many times and I feel like I change the answer every time. I would probably say, um, I'd probably say South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, that was a beautiful country. Um, I think one of the things I'll never forget is that they had penguins on the beach. And like, That's so cool. That is so yeah, like you never even think that. Like if somebody told me that, I would be like, you're lying. So yeah. to be able to see it face value, like that was pretty cool. That's amazing. Uh, and then following on from what Amy said, uh, like South Africa's a great place to play, but is there a particular team or a particular player that you love playing against? Maybe A, because they push you a bit harder or it's always a physical match or they're just your favourites to play against? Yeah. I, I mean, most of the wings are extremely good at what they do. Yeah. Uh, Michaela Blyde, one thing that I admire yeah. about her is her steppiness. Like for me, like I'm fast, but I don't really have a step. Um, she can do in lines and um, or stay out. And I think her variability in her abilities is something that I admire about her. And she's also um, extremely fast. And then you have Elia Green. One thing that I admire about her is most wings, correct me if I'm wrong, are a lot more timid on the defensive side, on the tackle aspect than a lot of the other players. So with Elia, she had no regards, no care in the world for 
how fast she was coming yeah. in attacking you, how hard she was coming in to hit you. Like, I think that was the Fijian in her. And that was something mm -hmm. that I admired about her was her courage on the defensive mm -hmm. side in terms of the tackling aspect. Mm -hmm. um, she's probably like getting hit by her was the hardest I've ever been hit in my rugby yeah. career. <laughs> so I, I'll never forget her. And also yeah. on top of that, she's a rocket on the attack side, super fast, super strong. Um, we have a lot of similarities in my opinion in terms of our build. So she was somebody that I admire as well. And also Portia Woodman, she's yeah. the best wing in the world, if not yeah. one of, and she's somebody who has accomplished a lot and somebody that um, I was star-eyed to play against and also like, you know, score against. And like, yeah. when you do that, you're like, okay, I, like I'm doing something right. Like I, it, yeah. I'm gonna be yeah. successful in life. Yeah. So, I think those three women, along with a lot of the other um, wings that are on the circuit, um, you know, yeah. you can't go wrong with any of them. Have you ever tried mm -hmm. like any other position? Did you start rugby in the wing? Like, or did you ever try any other position or would you want to? And Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I started as a wing and I'm still a wing, but I, I think in my third year of playing realized how much more knowledgeable I got in terms of being able to read the field and mm. communicate what I was seeing. And so for a long time, I really wanted to transition to the center mm. role because I thought that with my knowledge, my speed and my power that I could be really lethal in that area. I haven't had the opportunity to be able to do that, which, you know, that time will come. <laughs> I, I truly believe that. So I, that's definitely something that I still want to pursue. Um, but um, right now I'm kind of doing the wing prop yeah. transition to mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm either at the prop where my size helps me in that position, but also my speed gives me an advantage against the other props and then also yeah. still playing on the wing. I mean, I'm a prof and I'd love to be a wing. So, you know, that's, that's my goal. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. Is there like, and I mean, like, we all have it. There's all like little things we do before games, whether that's like a favorite pregame breakfast or like a song that we listen to, to like hype us up. Do you have like a pregame routine? And if so, what is it? Uh, my pregame routine is very boring, but I'm super OCD, so it's like the same every single yeah. time and I have to make sure it's like that. But um, usually for me, um, I'm not a huge breakfast person, but they always mm. make me eat breakfast. So um, I usually try to have a good um, filling breakfast. And then for the most part, I just like to say to myself, I like to have my headphones in my ear. I like to stretch in my own area, kind of away from everybody. Um, and I kind of just stay in my zone until we gather together to get ready to go out there and play. Uh, I don't know why I do that or, you know, why I'm not like a lot of the other girls who are engaging with each other and, you know, talking and listening to the loudspeaker together. I think for me, it just allows me to get in my zone and, um, set my mental goals and how I want to go out there and perform. And it just allows me to hype myself up. Um, I like to listen to different music. Some days I might be into R&B because I'm able to sing to it. So mentally yeah. it calms me down. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also like to be able to, you know, listen to my rap music and hip hop music to get me 
pumped and you know excited to run around people so that's usually my routine it's just some good music stretching by myself and getting my head ready to go out there and play oh yeah okay cool um do you have any more questions amy well yeah only a few more really i was just gonna yeah. i was just gonna say um if someone's considering like trying rugby for the first time and mm. i'm thinking of like young girls where it's ne not necessarily accessible or it's not um an easy option to pick what would you say to like what advice would you give them and how can they actually what yeah how would you encourage them to speak up and try and, and start their own thing if there's nothing out there as well mm -hmm. um i think the first people that you have to convince is your parent yeah. i remember being in college and having girls who were grown women at that point and them having to hide that they were playing rugby because their mm -hmm. parents didn't approve of it mm -hmm. um, which was very saddening to see and you know people lost their family because they chose rugby over you know mm -hmm. blood and for me whatever makes you happiest is important so mm -hmm. um i would just encourage them to express why it's important yeah. and why they want to play and the positive impact that it can have on them if their parents allow them to play. I think sharing that with their parents will, you know, help them a little more mm -hmm. in pushing them to go play a contact sport, but will also um, give a supporter to that young girl who will definitely need that mm -hmm. in any sport, um, but specifically a sport where women aren't as accepted because of the contact aspect. Um, on top of that, I would say to try to Google like if there's any club teams or rugby organizations in the area because I know in the U.S. we have the girls rugby organization which has girls playing at a very young age and then they also have like an back organization which is a club team that starts from kindergarten all the way up to adult level so being able to provide them with um, a pathway and platforms that have a pathway for them, I think is really important. There are areas where there isn't access to rugby. So mm -hmm. I would say play another sport until you know you get into a position yeah. where you can get into a rugby club or on an All-American team or mm -hmm. just any type of rugby organization that will promote you or even go and play tag football. I think that's becoming a lot yeah. more common for women. Mm -hmm. But um, just overall, getting that acceptance from your parents because honestly, you can't really do it without them. Mm -hmm. And then um, trying to find an organization in the area because there probably is one, even though you didn't know about it. Mm. Yeah, and I think over time as well, with sort of getting people on your side sometimes it happens mm -hmm. when they see mm. like, how happy it makes you and how yeah, like, yeah. much you love it and I, I struggle to like explain how rugby connects with me um, mm -hmm. compared like I, I did athletics growing up, gymnastics growing up, competed mm -hmm. and loved it and I just never, I can't describe that rugby community family that this, this sport gives yeah. you. For me a big part of uh, the rugby sort of industry that makes me so accepted and happy is is how body confident it makes you yeah. feel mm -hmm. and i think for for girls and women that are sort of wanting to try something new and they're sort of 
concerned about how they'll look and you know their fitness and whether they'll be accepted i think it's probably the one sport where there is a position for everyone, everyone. and there's benefits yeah. to being bigger and and stronger and there's benefits mm. to being nimble and um agile and things like that and for me like that is yeah a big big benefit for from the sport as well as how accepted and and there's always mm. a position for everyone as well which i love i love yeah. about it Yes, I think it's really interesting you say that because um, I did judo when I was younger. So from like eight to eighteen, I did judo, which isn't a well-known sport and gets literally no funding and, and no pushing. And and for me, like I was always kind of into that at that contact, those contact sports. Like you, you know, all respect to gymnastics and ballerinas, but I just wasn't graceful, <laughs> and it was never going to be the route for me. Um, much to my mum's despair. Um, and um, yeah. And I got to 16 and there was a, a rugby team at college and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I think I chucked the ball forward like 10 <laughs> times, but it, I loved it. And for me, it was always where I felt fully accepted for who I was and the girls around me accepted me for me, not even just because like body comp, like all of the body confidence stuff was great and that came with it. But for me, it was just where I finally felt that I fit in because I wasn't, I was never really a, you know, like a, I was never really a girly girl. I always wanted to get stuck in with the um, with the boys. So, yeah, leading on to that, and I and then I, and I think when people ever judge that or question me playing um, rugby, because I think we've all had comments about it over our over our lifetime. Um, I always just believe in nothing is worth compromising your happiness over. Like you both have said, like you know, happiness is is the key to life. If it makes you smile, carry on doing it, regardless <laughs> of what um, people say. I know I'm the happiest when I'm on the pitch on a Sunday with all my teammates and I'd lay my body on the line as much as they would lay their body on their line for me so yeah like I like I fully agree with what both of you are saying um and there was one more question I wanted to ask that kind of like leads on from what Amy's saying um and it might overlap a little bit but um Naya is there one bit of advice that you yourself now would give to younger you who you know didn't know she was going to go on to do all this but but is there one kind of piece of advice you'd give yourself? I think the one piece of advice that I would give myself is to never become complacent. Mm -hmm. um, growing up, anything that I was involved in, I was really good at. I never had to deal with much adversity um, growing up. So when I got to the professional level, um, skill-wise, I could barely catch a ball, but if I caught it, I was scoring. <laughs> so it was like for a long time I was just complacent with being fast and that was enough for me and getting to the professional my teammates that I was on the field with so having to come to terms that you know you have to work to get to where you want to go you have to work to be successful you have to work to be here and if you don't want to mm -hmm. do that you have to leave um, dealing with that adversity um, showed me that you can always get better um, even now um, with everything that I've, I've accomplished it's important for me to remind myself you know maybe you can pick up a new skill maybe you can continue mm -hmm. working on some of the skills you have and try to find ways to become an expert at it um, maybe you can watch more film so that you know once you're done playing maybe you can coach like there's always um, room for improvement and that has to come from inside for a long time it came 
from people outside of now nah, you need to do this or now nah, you need to try this and for me it was like no because every what I've done so far has got me here so I should be okay and like you learn really fast like you won't be okay like you always have to find ways to get better because if you don't somebody else will yeah absolutely yeah I think it's good like healthy to have that competition as well isn't it and I think like you're saying you have those players that really sort of make you think wow that was like a big hit or she just mm-hmm. stepped past me and like it makes yeah. you think okay I need to keep working at myself and I think yeah. like with those skills and working like on improving your performance and things I think it's the same thing I think with like, our mental health is we think sometimes we're like oh this is great I figured out how to sort of overcome that and then we think it's done once and it's yeah. like actually, you know, you've got to like almost like you'd yeah. you know you can skill your mind as well and yeah. I think it's having those mm-hmm. sort of things but I want to add on that I think one of the important things about being in a team sport because track and field was very individual individual mm-hmm. so you know you only kind of saw yourself working out and that was the only motivation that you had around you versus in a team sport like it's hard to yeah. not push yourself in a conditioning session when you see people are mm. running as hard as they can until they're crying or yeah ca- having yeah. a cough attack like it's hard to not want to get better when you see the people around you wanting to get better and staying disciplined and things like that so I will say like a lot of my motivation to get better was my teammates and seeing how hard they were working and you know them seeing them want to get into my position and having that back and forth competition you know Mm -hmm. in your group it's crazy what like a passion can do isn't it like when you like I can be really like out of breath and just done like I'm (laughs) mentally I'm like wow I don't have more I have nothing easy, yeah. Someone could throw me a red ball. As soon as I've got that in my hand, like, I can, I'm off, like, I'm off. I'm and it's it's like you can find that inner drive and inner energy, but that comes from that team element mm. for me. Like, whereas, you know, you can almost tell yourself when you're quite done or when you're going to stop. Yeah. But having someone force you, like, if you don't do that, we're all going to yeah. you know, have to yeah. work harder to get there yeah. again. So that team element. And I think... The risk element as well like if mm-hmm. I don't run fast <laughs> someone's yeah. gonna catch me so it's all those yeah. things that keep you going in rugby that I just love <laughs> yeah. I think you also the greatest thing on you. Yeah, yeah exactly I think also like the greatest thing like you said is it's great to have competition for positions but it's also great mm-hmm. to support each other in those positions like um, you know like my biggest competitions are the other props in my team but I'm not a good teammate and not doing my best job if I'm not helping them get better at the same at the same yeah. time, like it, yeah. like competition can always be it can be unhealthy, but it can also be like incredibly healthy. So, I think there's a part of like best bit about being on the team is boosting each other up and having each other's backs, isn't it? At the end of the day, just in terms of support, if you're not following following me on any yeah. of my social media platforms, I'm on every platform you can think of at Naya Tapper. Um, I also have a website, nyatapper.com, where you can learn more information about me and um, also purchase my merch. And I also have a podcast (laughs) called The Leo's Den with one of my teammates, Alona Mar. So that's on most podcast platforms, specifically um, Spotify um, and Apple Music. So if you can check those out, I would appreciate that support. Mm -hmm. And also make sure you follow Balls for Brains. Yeah, awesome, we'll do. <laughs> I your YouTube channel and you do like the hot yeah. stuff and yeah, yeah. I, like I love it. So I watch that. So yeah, 
make sure you go check her out on all the socials absolutely um, well that brings us to the end of our first episode and what an episode it has been thank you again Naya for being our first ever guest on Pack Mindset and also our mini series it has been a pleasure speaking with you and thank you for being so open with us and sharing in your experiences it is definitely by sharing um, we will certainly help others to hopefully gain the confidence to do the same and um, we look forward to what's ahead with um, Balls for Brains yourself and all the communities benefiting from your work um, Thank you to everyone for listening and watching today. If you need help or support, reach out to us here at BFB. And, and remember, you are the reason someone smiles today.